Hey everyone, welcome to The Boot. That's right, it's The Boot. We are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to do it. This week, Kenna and I break out the Ouija board when we talk about Y2K's What Lies Beneath, starring Michelle Pfeiffer, Harrison Ford, Diana Scarwood, Amber Valletta, and James Remmer. Y2K, for all the youngins out there, that is the year 2000, when we all thought computers... <laughs> Would crash and fail. Us. Well, Y2K is the computer virus, not the year. It's not the computer virus, doesn't it? Like, yeah, Y2K was like it. It's year two one thousands. There's no virus. It was a clock uh, programming. It was referred to as the Millennium Bug or Year Two Thousand Problem. Yes, a bug doesn't necessarily mean a virus. Do you understand what I'm saying? I hate you so much right now. <laughs> Do you understand? Do you understand how ghosts work, Kenna? (laughs) They die and then they haunt your house. I think better than you know how ghosts work. Oh, let's get into it. (laughs) She's dead. Who's dead? You know damn well who's dead. Oh, this is your. Listen to me. He killed her, and I'm not crazy. Jody and I had a seance in the bathroom, and Jody and I had nothing, nothing happened, but when I went back there, she was there, she was. I can't help but feel that somehow you're you're trying to sabotage me, you're trying to hurt me somehow. Norman, this isn't about you. Something is happening to me, and it's, it's not to get even, or and it's not some warped bid for attention. Something is happening in our house, whether you like it or not. <laughs> She's like c- crying properly well. She's so, it, I believe it, because when she's talking, she's like tripping over her words, and I'm like, yeah, she's doing that like, <laughs> thing, believe and I love it. Believe me, please believe me. And he said, <sighs> oh, Claire, is this, is this about how busy I am? Uh, my work. <laughs> Anytime someone says like, are you trying to sabotage me? I feel like you should leave them immediately. It is, it is such a selfish, like, of, like she's trying to tell you the house is haunted. Before you do. Before you dare to question, why are, why are you mad at me? At least suggest she see someone. Although, like to be fair, when you when your uh, boyfriend or girlfriend comes into your place of work and screams, Jody and I had a seance. Something is wrong. <laughs> She's you know, dead. Jody and I had a seance. <laughs> and guess what? It doesn't really start things <laughs> off on even ground, does it? Oh boy, this one's going to be a fun one. Guys, welcome to The Boot, a movie reboot podcast where I, Brian Flynn, and my co-host, Kenna Trent, take a classic Hollywood film and recast it as if the movie was remade today in October 2019, spooky wookie week number two. Yeah, I don't know why I did that. (laughs) I think I have more energy this week than last week, and I'm going to go with it. Um, And by this week, you mean it's been 20 minutes since we (laughs) were Don't let them see how the sausage is made, Kenna. Um, I say that all the time about our podcast, and it grosses me out. Sausage uh, is gross. <laughs> it's stuffed in a little. Con- it's stuffed intestine. in a little thing. Intestine. You saw that episode of It's Alive. Yes, guys. With Bradley Oni. We should switch this. We need to. We make- should make. We should make this a stan account. This week we're doing What Lies Beneath, which I think is a great. It's a sneaky, great Halloween movie. Does that make sense? Like, it's not really... <laughs> people don't really think about it's it as a scary movie. Yeah. Like they, it, I feel like this movie has gone out of people's uh, uh, Rolodex, if you will, of, of classic scary movies. I think this is a really... Do you keep a classic, Rolodex yeah, of films you like? an outdated like? reference. <laughs> um, 
Anyways, before we do that, we're getting to some reboot news. Devil Wears Prada musical sets pre-Broadway <laughs> premiere in Chicago next summer. Uh, I love this idea. I love this idea. I don't even know what's going on. Elton John, Shania Tobb, and Paul Rudnick are teaming up for a stage adaptation of the novel and film of the same name. Uh, Devil Wears Prada. Lauren Weisberger's best-selling novel that was turned into a 2006 film starring Anne Hathaway and Meryl Streep will make its pre-Broadway debut at Chicago's James N. Niederlander Theater on July 14th, 2020. Um, Movie was a smash hit. Book was a smash hit. Uh, There's no reason the musical shouldn't unless the music stinks, Elton. It won't. And I honestly, I love these musicals of great rom-coms. Like, I think Legally Blonde was a great musical. Mean Girls, great musical. I, I'm learning of these musicals right now. Really? Yeah. Legally Blonde. I just found a big fish as a musical. Oh, yeah. Or a play. I mean, a play makes sense, but a, I don't know. I mean, some of them have, like, Pretty Woman didn't get great reviews. I haven't heard bad things about Moulin Rouge, though, as a, yeah. as a musical. Yeah, Spider-Man. I love this idea. I think it. I think it's going to be fun. It can't not be. Like mm-hmm. the movie is all about the visual aesthetic. It's about the music. It's about the feeling. Like it's going to be a fun, and especially if they get someone fantastic to be Miranda. Like you know, she's going to have a. She's going to have a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I, okay. Let's talk about the movie Devil Wears Prada. Um, I remember watching this as a, a young man and just real f- fucking. What year Ima- did it come out? 2006. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Oh, wild. It's a long time. Do you understand that? Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. I, I feel like I'm having a panic attack and you're just like, yeah, that's how time works, Brian. <laughs> Thinking about how something happened 13 years ago. I don't know. I just remember watching that movie and being a very immature young man and being like, she was very uh, bad to her boyfriend. <laughs> Whoa! Like, <laughs> but it has since been explained to me. That his character, that Adrian Grenier, Adrian Grenier is apparently movie, the worst person in that movie. But apparently of, he's always just being like, you should quit your job. You should fo- stop following your dreams. All of Andy's friends are like, this woman treats you like, it is so, when literally all she has to say to them is like, guys, you're right. I don't want to work a fashion magazine, but I'm beginning to enjoy it. And if I work for this woman for a year, I can get any job I want. That's why she took the dumb job. Right. So why don't her friends just support her and be like, hey, we know you're going to have a tough year, but like, do your best. We'll like, we'll be there for you. Instead, people are just like, Andy, you're betraying your soul. <laughs> no, she's not. No, she's not. No, she's not. Not for the Chanel boots. Are you wearing the, sh- the Chanel boots? Yeah, I am. You look good. All right, should we move on? <laughs> Let's move on. Okay. So yet again, we're talking about another iteration of a Christmas carol. We're talking attack of the the public domain here. Uh, Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds are set to star in a musical reimagining of a Christmas carol. Do we need it? No. Do we want it? Um... No. Well, yeah. Okay. So this is a personal thing. I am always for more versions of the classic Charles Dickens A Christmas Carol. Mm -hmm. Last Christmas, I think I watched 
to the detriment of my relationship with my girlfriend. I watched like <laughs> six versions of this fucking story, and she was like, "Stop watching Christmas Carol." What are tops? Muppets Christmas Carol. Muppets. Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. I really like uh, George C. Scott. George C. George C. Scott <clears throat> version is my mm-hmm. favorite, and also we're getting a Tom Hardy version. I think that's what hits wrong about this is that we also covered. The Tom Hardy version that's coming out, but that hasn't come out yet. And so we're just awaiting two different versions of A Christmas Carol. Yeah. So the writers and directors of the Daddy's Home films are writing and directing this project. Farrell and Reynolds will star, though details of who they will play are being kept in Scrooge's bank vault. Um, I feel like this is maybe kind of a no-brainer that maybe Will Farrell is Scrooge and Ryan Reynolds is Bob Cratchit. But Bob Cratchit isn't necessarily like um, strappingly handsome. <laughs> I was gonna say like a main <laughs> character. Weirdly, I'm like, well, maybe Ryan Reynolds is like Ghost of Christmas. Like he's like all the ghosts. I don't know. Huh? Because that because you Ooh. want them both to be in the same. Great idea for a movie. Okay, I want to say what if Eddie Murphy? But hear me out. Uh huh. What if? Because I feel like he's doing this now. What if we got a? What if we got a weigh-ins? To play Scrooge, but then he also played all of the ghosts. <laughs> Hear me out. Uh, Wayne's doesn't matter. Kim Wayne's. It okay. It does <laughs> matter. <laughs> so you want Damon Wayne's Jr. or Damon Wayne's? Damon Wayne's or or Sean Wayne's Wayne's Wayans. Yes, because I don't, I think I think Eddie Murphy's passed it, but Damon Wayne's just did the movie where he played like six brothers. Yeah. Septuplets or and something. it was called the story of my life the Damon Wayne story and <laughs> I think that would be so fun if like a, an actor like that were to were to do that who do I call who do I call uh, who do I call to pitch this Netflix I guess uh Keenan I, Ivory. I looked around Ivory I looked around you're looking around the studio help somebody hear this bitch we're in the void hey here's a here's a pitch Will Ferrell plays older Ebenezer Scrooge Okay. Ryan Reynolds plays younger Scrooge. Like how does that? Oh, like when Scrooge when works at Fezziwig's shop. Yeah, you know when I mean? they do the flashbacks. Yes, sir, I've been going over the accounts. Do you know how much the firm is spending for this party? Master Scrooge, this is Christmas. It's a time for generosity. Stop working. Enjoy yourself. Go meet some people. Go ahead. Go ahead. Maybe they're really gonna flip the story on its head. Maybe. Maybe neither of them is Scrooge. It's also a musical. It's also- <laughs> okay, let's move on. This is so vague. We could be here all night. You ready to talk about this movie? Yes, right. let's do it. Guys, this is our reboot of What Lies Beneath. You killed her, didn't you? I did not. Jesus, Claire. Listen to me. When I got here, she was already dead. She killed herself here in our house to destroy me. I tried to revive her, but she was gone. There was nothing I could do. So, so I, I put her in her car and I, I drove to the boat ramp. And I rolled it out into the lake. But tell me, Claire, tell me what should I have done? Should I sacrifice everything? Our marriage? That girl must be brought up. 
What Lies Beneath was directed by Robert Zemeckis. Mm -hmm. I did not know that until I finished the movie and I was like, oh, Robbie Z. In the trivia, it said he did it while they were on break from Castaway when Tom Hanks was losing all the weight. Oh, okay. He was just like, I'm going to make another, like... I mean, when you're mega hit before yeah, when I you're go back to that my kind Oscar of per- <laughs> winning movie, when you're that kind of director, I feel like you can just be like, can I direct like a little movie starring Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer in the middle of the Mickey <laughs> Jamon with Helen Hunt and Tom Hanks? Uh, and they let you. Yeah. And he directed our one of our last year's Halloween movies with uh, Death Becomes Her. So that's true. Yeah, we're kind of we're kind of. Old Robbie Z being a staple on this podcast, Halloween movies. Robbie Z. Uh, it stars Michelle Pfeiffer as Claire Spencer, Harrison Ford as Norman Spencer, Diana Scarwood as. Am I saying that right? Scarwood? I don't know. Diana Scarwood as Jody. No last name. Amber Valletta as Madison Elizabeth Frank. Meth. Meth, 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 as she kept typing on the computer. How a British, a British person, a British person with, with a trashy accent would say meth. It gets you some meth. <laughs> I can't do I can't do accents. I can't do impressions. It's all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and James Remar as Warren Fear 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 F E U R Fear. I feel the, like the like the domestic <laughs> abusive neighbor. Who, Who is it? To, Who but is? he was. But he was. Like, we'll get into him later. Um, I feel like we also can't skim over the fact that this movie was written by Clark Gregg. <laughs> I'm looking Agent at the, Coulson wrote yes, this movie? Yes, I'm looking. There's th- uh, three credits, and he has two of them. He has a screenplay credit and a story credit. Wow. Yes. DreamWorks commissioned a rewrite from actor-writer Clark Gregg. The script was later delivered in 1998 by Steven Spielberg himself to his director friend Robert Zemeckis, who had signed a deal for DreamWorks to distribute the films of newly founded production company Image Movers. Hmm. Ford and Pfeiffer were Zemeckis' first and only choices for the lead roles. Wow. They were great. They really were great. Um, and I think that's what, what was a problem with my recast is that their performances and their like. Their performances are one thing. They're incredible. But also, like, who they are as celebrities mm-hmm. also feed into their character and how we perceive them throughout this whole movie that that's also really hard to achieve nowadays. It's true. Also, I think this pairing of, like, I mean, maybe this is what you're talking about. Not because I know what you're saying is how, like, like we want to believe Harrison Ford because he's Harrison Ford and we trust him. Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't want to think he's the villain of this whole movie. But I think also just the fact that it's like, like, this is a hit maker being like Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer are husband and wife going through some sort of like paranormal experience. Like that is, that's wild. Mm-hmm. Obviously I would have went to see this movie if I wasn't nine years old in 2000. But yeah, it's difficult to find something that packs the same punch. It's like who today would do a sort of like supernatural thriller like this? Yeah, I don't who, know. Who have the star power that these two have? I mean, I the the things I love about Michelle Pfeiffer's performance is that she is so truthful. Like there's something so genuine about her trying really hard to be like nothing's wrong. It's just my imagination until she like sees something happen and she's like no way like our house is haunted and i need you to believe that this is happening to me and you just feel it 
Like mm-hmm. she's a really good actress. You just mm-hmm. feel the pain. And so I was like, I need someone who, when they come rolling into their husband's office and is like, Jody and I did a seance. <laughs> <laughs> that you. Me and my gal pal busted out the Ouija board on my therapist's advice. So what do you think I should do? Try to contact her. Communicate with her somehow. Find out what she wants. Oh, what do you want me to do? Go out and buy a Ouija board? I don't, I don't know what therapists are saying nowadays, but it does not seem safe <laughs> for your for your progression. Anyway, so I picked. I also just want Jody and I did a seance on a t shirt. <laughs> um. Okay, so I picked Tony Collette. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought about her. Because she's incredible. She is one of the greatest actresses I've ever seen. Uh, she's so good. On camera. Hereditary is one of the fucking most horrible. I mean, it's an incredible movie, but it has one of the most horrible moments that I had to witness on yes. frame. And that long pause after. I can't even say what happened. And then it like night changes to day and she just screams off camera. I. It, it she is amazing and would crush this this part 100 percent. i'm just i and i i love this this is one of my favorite scenes it's that part in the sixth sense where um she is sitting with um bruce willis no Haley joel Osment. she can't see bruce willis that's right she's sitting with Haley Joel Osment in the car and she's like breaking down to him because she's just like I don't know what's going on and she is they're sharing such an emotional moment that like that's that it's such a beautiful like actor like pinpoint of like I love that about her that I feel like she could be giving us like I'm really scared without it seeming like hysterical woman I feel like though if she tried to like come on to me, I would still be terrified. Like I would be, I would just be like, please, please get away from me. I think she's starting to suspect something. Ooh. Your wife. Stop it! <laughs> yeah, you're looking at her. I feel like from a different perspective because she's totally got. She's not the sort of slinky, sexy like. Catwoman. That's not who she is. But I think I think we're okay. It's yeah, I do too. I do too. So this one was hard. I I picked Jennifer Connelly. It's a great choice. Um, Jennifer Connelly has made some suspect decisions in the last year or so. See Alita: Battle Angel. Um, but I think she has the ability to kind of play the more mm-hmm. soft spoken kind of uh not timid but like nosy suspicious housewife who's like snooping on the neighbors mm-hmm. to then carry into a full hysteria my husband is a psychopath and i am in danger and i yeah. need to like fight back like i think she can break across that i don't think she's i mean tony collette is like a powerful actress mm-hmm. jennifer connelly is a little um, softer, I think, but I think their version, her take would be Jennifer Connelly in this movie. Like, I'm gonna say this, and it might sound like an insult to 
but whatever I'll just say it Jennifer Conley in this movie is like the movie you don't go see in theaters but you definitely like rented <laughs> yeah Tony Collette in this movie is like must buy a ticket okay I can see that it's not it's not that I don't think she could do it but I think like our perception of her is more like eh, I'll, I'll, I might catch this I would say this I would say Tony Collette's career in the last three years is astonishing and Jennifer Connelly's career over the last like 10 years is a little confusing. Yeah. Like Jennifer Connelly was like recently in some like horse movie and we're and I was just like, did you just want to ride horses? Like, yeah. I, I a horse looking. movie? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm very confused by her choices, but I think she is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would like to see her come back to more mainstream stuff. Like I think this could, she could, she could be really great in this yeah she's not super in the zeitgeist but there's not really a reason why she couldn't be right um should we move on to norman i don't really have anything else to say about claire because i I actually think that this character is pretty uh pretty great as is weirdly like it's a fun like the cool thing about this movie is that it is about they picked two aging actors to play empty nesters in this house where like this woman is just trying to fill her time because she's so used to like taking care of her family and that has downsized and so then like there's just so much more than to her like starting to see things like it could be so many other things this it's just such a it's a different dynamic and that's i think it's daring it's her the woman i saw in the bathtub the ghost. Yes, the ghost. I thought it was Mrs. Fuhrer, but it's not. Stop it, I'm positive this time. Claire, stop it. Look, I know you're going through something that I don't understand. And I have tried to be here for you, but this is enough, Claire. Enough. But it's it's just more interesting to be like, oh, this is a horror movie starring Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford, who's almost 60. I know. And shirtless a lot of the time. <laughs> it looked great. This guy is, was crushing the pull-up bar, man. Like he looked great. This is why this is why he's so exhausted from acting. Because when he was sixty, he was like, "I still have to do this." Anyway, Norman. This is what was really hard because, like, it it really felt like a conscious choice for Robert Zemeckis to be like, "Hey, let's take baby boomer heartthrob Harrison Ford and <laughs> millennial generation hero icon Harrison Ford." Mm-hmm. And turn him into a psychopathic murderer. Um, and I thought that was genius. Because the whole time, like even knowing, because like I hadn't seen this I think in, since it came out. But like knowing the whole time I know that at some point Harrison Ford is going to go fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And like bash Michelle Pfeiffer's head into like a car door or something. Yeah. The whole time you're just like Harrison Ford could never do that. Like. Yeah. Even knowing what I know, I I didn't want to believe it because, you know, of who he is to our our generation, weirdly. So it was hard to, like, replace and It was hard to find someone that, like, people loved enough. Look, I'm just going to be real. There is a pool of actors that could play this role, and some of them shouldn't because they're problematic, and we don't want to connect these lines. You know what I mean? And then there's another group of people that you're like, okay, they could play it, but, like, I don't think I would believe you. Like, you're too nice. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Like, no one would believe Paul Rudd in this movie. You know? No. <laughs> but then... But that would be interesting. That would be interesting. But I... I so, it's finding that sweet spot was really hard. And uh-huh. I ended up on an actor who I, I love. I love pretty much everything he's done. But 
Um, I don't know how other people feel about him. Um, I ended up picking Ethan Hawke. Yeah. How old is Ethan Hawke? He is 48. Him and Jennifer Connelly are both 48, which seems strange. They should be older, right? <laughs> you should be older. You should be older. I like Ethan Hawke for this. I think there is a sort of genteelness to him mm-hmm. that like at the beginning of the movie, you're just sort of on board with him. And then maybe halfway through when you're like, did he kill someone? You're just like, no, he could probably convince me otherwise. But the, then like at the end, he's going nuts and you're like, yeah. wow. The scene that really gets me is when uh, Norman paralyzes her with the very heavily planted paralyzing agent. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But then he puts her in the water and he has that moment where he's just like, all I wanted to do was love you. And you just sort of see like this creepy thing where it's like, Maybe this guy genuinely just really wished that he could live a, a fine and normal life. Maybe he did love this woman. Maybe he like genuinely did, but he's just so deranged now that you're watching you're really watching a great performance by Harrison Ford, which I don't think we really say that often. Um I mean it's really he, scary to yeah. see him being like He's like murdering the woman he loves. He's like, "Oh, I'm like, I yeah. would have just wanted I just wanted to love you forever." And then like the water's like coming up and you're like Man, like, move your big toe. I almost froze to death, laying here, wet, naked, pretending to be electrocuted. We're shooting some tragic way your suicide is gonna help bring Caitlin and I closer together. It all rests on this big toe. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, yeah, like you just want to be able to believe even after the turn because you have that first fake out where he's like she died right here i burned all the evidence not suspicious at all and then and then so we're believing him and then we see him like beat her up and so we're like okay not on board and then you sort of have this weird you have these weird emotions then where he turns around and is like i just really want which i feel like is is really masterful uh, character work just in being like this is how this is how crazy people work like this is how an abusive relationship works like he's gonna lie to you and you're gonna be like okay I believe it like I love you I believe it and then he hurts you and then when he's like all I ever like this is your fault all I ever wanted to do was live happily ever after and you had to go and ruin it and you're like oh okay yeah no that's this is accurate this is how it should be because this is how that that's how like abusers think and so if mm-hmm. he's really a terrible guy and has just been fooling the rest of the world. Great. Robert Zemeckis <laughs> directed it well. Harrison Ford acted it well. Did Norman kill his dad? Okay, that's a loose thread that I had questions about. Because he's obsessed with the fact that people They talk, talk about, about it about his a lot. Father all the time that like his father had cast a big shadow in the field of biochemistry or whatever they're in. And they never get to the thing where it's alluded mm-hmm. that Norman killed his father, which is the telltale sign that he's killed once, he'll kill again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, To get what he wants, right? Yes. Because they, they talk really, about it. They never really cinch that up. They talk about it enough that you're like, oh, okay, something's going on here. But there isn't that moment of like, there isn't that like, this is how the killer did it moment where it's like, because he's just pouring it all out. There's never that point where he's like, and so it's just, it's a sort of a weird loose end where you're like, is that confirmed? Yeah. I don't know. 
I I think he did do it. I think we're supposed to believe that. I wish they I, they pumped that up a bit more. Maybe he killed a bunch of people. Yeah. Prequel. Ooh. Um. No. No. What I would watch above? that movie. <laughs> what lies above? Okay. Uh. Okay. So for my Norman, I picked personal favorite mm-hmm. Jason Clark. You're gonna do this to your boy Jason Clark. First of all, I like the pick. <laughs> But is this really the project we want for Mr. Clark? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like you... I think this is good. I think this is... This is good? This is... He literally just played a character who left a woman in a lake. She was going to go to the Dean. She would have ruined us. Did she think I was just going to sit there and watch it happen? Uh, Jason, we have another lady dying in the lake movie. People really... Seem to gravitate towards people really you seem nobody watched Tapaquitic. No, who was that movie for? History enthusiasts, people who will literally who were like, Oh, yeah, remember like old southern like senators who just like <laughs> hated Ted Kennedy and just like, See, he murdered that guy. It's like, We know trash, yeah. I mean, lots of people have murdered lots of people. This podcast is real. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody. Um, um, I think that's a great pick. Let's move on to you. Jody. The Jody. bright sunshine, sunshine beam of this whole creepy ghost lady movie. Um, this is something I would love to see more of. Mm-hmm. Jody. I kept thinking, does, do we need more of Jody or do we need less of Jody or is there a right amount of Jody? Because <laughs> she completely bails on Claire. I think we need. And she's a bad friend. I'm gonna say it. She's she's the only one who believes Claire, but she just fucking leaves. I think we need more Jody because I think the thing we're missing is like as much. I well maybe this is just a perspective of I would I think I would appreciate the movie a little more if somebody believed Claire. Even if she was sort of de- playing devil's advocate as far as like I don't know if I'd accuse my husband of this, but like. Yeah, like something fishy went down. I would just prefer to see her in, see her outside of the relationship with her daughter, develop more of a relationship with Jody, who helps her to kind of process through, th- through some of these things. And then in the end, because that's really like, these, this movie should be about women supporting women. So I would just love to see, you know jody and claire at the end i i agree with that like it, i'm trying to remember this movie because i watched it a long time ago but when we first meet jody are we introduced to her as someone who was in claire's life and now they're just sort of like it's like oh i've been busy like sorry we haven't hung out in a long time or yes is she that was established because that because when she first jody comes over to jody her has house a secret jody jody knows that norman had cheated on her and didn't tell her yes. so like I'm just wondering if they seeded that whole thing of how she like. Plus, it's that thing, too, of like if she had a kind of a devastating accident and is struggling to maybe remember stuff. It's that thing of like, yeah, why don't we write in a friend who is the person sort of outside of her family who because ha- it's it just makes Jody seem like a bad friend that like she didn't. It really does. She hasn't been around. She hasn't been. But then like She's when they secrets, when they see each other, it's like old times. And so I'm like, why don't we just make that more established that they're good friends, but maybe she is keeping some stuff from her because she doesn't want to hurt her friend. I see a young blonde woman. I didn't see her face. 
And I didn't think anything of it at first, and I was walking over to say hello. And they started arguing in such a way that stopped me. And then a few days later, you were in the accident, and I get a bizarre call from Stan working at the hospital, asking me, was I with you that day? If you were upset about anything, he made it sound like you had deliberately driven your car into a tree and I thought oh my god Claire's found out like if that's her flaw in their relationship and that's how she contributes to their marriage that's fine but it would just be interesting to have another person with her there to like help her process there's also another friend that shows up at like a restaurant and like it's like Norman's colleague is introducing him to her his new girlfriend and, and they Claire happen, knows her yeah from college and I kept being like why isn't this just Jody's moment like why isn't this Jody's yeah. introduction in some weird way that like why does Norman have all these established friends <laughs> <laughs> because Claire is so isolated and she's lonely and her daughter was everything I was actually a little confused on like how Claire's background well, like well, her backstory was in the in the photo montage in the beginning like and it wasn't until like the dinner scene yeah. where they're like, Claire was previously married to a man who died. Yes. She had a baby with that man. And then she met Norman. And yes. then Norman took care of that baby. And they raised it as their own baby. And that's what's happening now. I was like, so thankful for that scene because for so long I was like, oh, wait, is she not Harrison Ford's daughter? And so you're sort of like, okay, I get the gist that that's not how it works. But like, where, like, what's that history? Who are these? Right. I'm glad that they had a moment where they just cleared it up because I was like, this is weirdly bothering me that I don't know their family relationship. Also, it was a little strange when Harrison Ford reveals himself and he's like, I'm looking forward to. to whatever, yes, to like getting to know care, her. To like getting, to bringing us closer. It's like, so you creepy. raised her. Like, shouldn't she call you dad? Like, how much closer do you need to get? Also, it, it was creepy. So creepy. But then I was just like, so did this child who you raised just always have a sense that Norman's just not cool and I don't What a to... psycho, too, to be like, she's my daughter now. Like, what a weird, it is like, weird, but like, goal. Hasn't she been his daughter yeah. for 18 years? She, he, like, essentially raised her. Because don't they say something like she's like two years old when he comes into their life? She's essentially a baby. Yeah. Because he's like, you were there with a baby. Like, you were happy enough to, like, be with me, blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't know. Um, We're literally off topic of the character because I think Jody is a little thin and I agree with you. Like, I think there needs to be a little more oomph mm-hmm. to to Jody's. Uh... So, for my Jody, I wanted to cast someone who's a bigger name because I think... I wanted her to be a bigger character. Um, so I cast Gabrielle Union. Oh. Who I like. First of all, can you believe Gabrielle Union and Tony Collette are the same age? I can't. They are. I was literally about they to say, like, that doesn't make any sense that these two it would does. be in any They're BFFs for Evs. Wow. And I love this because I can see her being like, if we rewrite her as more of her, like, of a kind voice of like, hey, like, I know things are tough. I'm here for you. Just let me know what you need. And even when it's a little crazy and she's like, I bought a Ouija board, like Jody's into it because she's like the spirits, you know, like you just kind of expect her to be there. And so I'm like, I want someone who will be a kind voice. But at the same at the end of the day, if she had to kill Norman herself, mm-hmm. she would and could. 
He treats me like I'm this fragile, loopy... Well, I am seeing ghosts in the bathtub, aren't I? He did wrap your car around a tree doing like 80. He was pretty shaken up. We all were. It was an accident. A year ago. I'm fine. Right? I could also see a version of this movie where Gabrielle Union is the is Claire. Oh, for sure. I'm also re- grappling with that. But yeah, I, li- I, I like I think Gabrielle I was Union. put off because of, uh, what was that movie called she did where like she's in a high-tech house and she's trying to protect her kids? High-tech house. <laughs> high-tech house. It's called like Breaking. High-tech house. house heist. <laughs> breaking in or something like break that? Breaking. Breaking? Breaking, yeah. Are you saying that as a joke or no, is that I, really what it's I, called? Breaking movie. Breaking movie. Breaking two. Breaking. Break Breaking break in. Breaking in. That's what I said. Yeah. You're gaslighting me. <laughs> I'm not gaslighting you. I think break in might be a better title. But <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Break in two. Electric boogaloo. Okay. So yeah, I picked Gabrielle Union because I think I trust her to be a wonderful best friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. Um... I, I, so Gabrielle Union as Jody is very less sort of like, I'm fresh, freshly divorced. Look at my new car. Right. Let's Do you think it'll help me there. get boys? Um, Excuse me? Yeah. I, I weirdly kept that aspect of Jody. <laughs> I don't know Great. why. I don't know why, but I was just like, okay. The idea of Jody being a much more supportive friend, I agree with. I do think Jody is really the only, well, I guess the daughter. But the daughter's in, like, two scenes. But, like, the, Jody's really the only, like, sort of bright sunshine in Claire's life. Like, she's... she's uh-huh. Everything Claire has is, like, old photos of dead people and the dog and then, like, the neighbors that are constantly murdering but not murdering each other. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when Jody comes on screen, you kind of want to feel like, here's Claire's best friend. She's going to make everything feel better. And then yeah. by the end, you realize that, like... Jody's been holding this stuff back because she didn't know what to do. I end up going with Christina Hendricks. That's good. As a best friend. That's really good. Um, because I want to see more of her. Yes. Uh, I'm a madman. Madman. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan. Mad, I'm a madman. Mad yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I just, th- I sort of think that like initially you like, you see her, she's like very bright and kind of, uh-huh. she can still kind of have that like flirty divorcee part to her, which I don't think is necessarily bad but it's, right. it's just kind of funny like because you you corner them in a little bit like claire's the very stable married one and then jody's sort of uh-huh. like you know can't find love but i'm the still wild trying. one yeah. yeah nice yes it's a beautiful thing alimony you lose a husband get a car think it'll help me pick up dudes absolutely cool um but i think she would definitely be down for a seance i, I think christine hendrix would <laughs> You know, yeah. she'd go along with it because she'd sort of think of it as like, yeah, I'm going to help my friend. This is a little weird. Uh-huh. We're going to drink some wine. We're going to have a spooky night. Yeah. But I don't think that she would abandon Claire at the end. That's what really bugged we me. Just, just yeah, like, we just don't need. To, you we didn't d- check up on her the next day? Like you didn't come back at all? Yeah, she literally just disappears. Yeah. And like her best friend thinks there's a ghost in her house. Yes. I don't know what Clark Gregg, who wrote this movie, <laughs> thinks that thinks friendship is but that ain't it that ain't it shall we move on to myth madison Mif. elizabeth frank played mm-hmm. by amber valetta who was in i look this up oh god 
She's been in a lot of stuff. She's a model turned actress. Hitch. That's oh, where right. I know her she's from. In it. Hitch, yeah. She was Kevin James's everything. Um, this one was kind of hard because, like, you you kind of have to cast an actress who looks like Claire. Uh huh. And if you make this movie, I think we we sort of touched on this a little bit. Is that like Madison? I think has to be more of a presence in this movie, right? Or is she just going to be a spooky ghost that you stunk cast? I mean, I think in the end we could probably see more of her. As she, like, I would love to see flashes of her when she was alive mm-hmm. more, mm-hmm. because I think it would just help us to get an idea of, because we only see her in, like, ghost form, and so yeah. we're like, she's evil? But, like, she's not. She's not. Like, I think you could show either flashbacks uh-huh. of the scene, or you could have a a prelude of the, because they keep talking about this, like, event where... Madison shows up and has like a full meltdown. Yes. And that's what causes Claire to get into an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe we could see that in the beginning. Or, or I don't know. I, but I, I, I don't want I, It feels weird to cast an actress that uh, you're just going to be like, you're going to be in a bunch of green screen and a bunch of water tanks. And we're going to CG your face onto another actress's yeah. face. Um, I ended up picking Kaya Scaldelario from yes. Crawl with her Crawl! boy. With her boy, B. Peps. I think she is, I, it's weird because it's like, on some aspects, she kind of has to play an obsessive, like, lovelorn student professor thing. But on uh-huh. the other hand, there's probably, at least in my version, there'd probably be way more depth to her character. Like, maybe Norman promised her some kind of life together. Or, right. Or, or, like, I don't if know. Norman there, is the ultimate villain, there has to be more than, like... Yeah. Like, it yeah. can't just be that Madison... Is, like, why does Madison haunt Claire? Because Norman killed her? And she wants her body found? Or is it some, like, weird warning to Claire that Norman is a bad fucking guy? Like... I think it's a warning. It was her, Norman. She tried to kill you. Claire. You said it yourself. She wanted you dead. Are you saying I was attacked by a ghost? You had an affair with a girl who threatened to kill herself. And now there's a presence in our house. A young, blonde girl. So in that case, there has to be more history there yeah. for Madison. So, And I thought that she could play that, you know, you give her that and... and um. She could do really well. And I think she's, you know, pretty up up and coming actress, although she's been in a bunch of like blockbuster films at this point. So, yeah. 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 No, I think I think she is is good. I don't know if she's like great. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I I'm insulted. No, I don't. I, I this character is it's not in insanely important especially because like you're not going to get some huge actress to come in and be the uh-huh. be this other woman so honestly i'm sure she's fine I'm oh sure thank she's you fine. thank you <laughs> she was in that pirates of the caribbean she movie She was in the back i wasn't gonna bring that up because now it's like yeah she wasn't that i mean was that movie her fault well no, no. but you know yeah why not um, I'll, I I fully support everything you've said about Madison. Madison. Um, so for my Madison, I picked Jessica Roth. Roth? There's an Roth? E at the end. So 
I don't think it's Roth. Um, but she played Tree in <laughs> Happy Death Day. Happy Death Day. Her name was Tree. Yeah, it was like a nickname for something. Oh, okay. She um, she was in. She was one of the La La Land roommates. Right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think she is so she's so fun. But I would love to see her sort of do the more like menacing parts. Mm-hmm. And then for us to see, like you said, the more like lovelorn student in the past to like like develop that character yeah. a little more. This is interesting. Uh she's the same age as Tony Collette. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh no, I okay, so I've been meaning to watch uh Happy Death Day for a long long time and I haven't seen it, but I hear it's amazing. I hear it's super fun. It's it's really great. The sequel um, not so much. Not so much. Really? Happy Death Day to You, one of the best named sequels I I can remember. Yep, it's not great. Oh. But Happy Death Day is really fun. Where are we? Oh. We're at Warren Fuhrer. Okay, so if anyone's still with us, I hope you guys are. I don't know why I'm so pessimistic about our audience. Um, like you think everybody makes it halfway through and is like, got it. <laughs> yeah, they're like, just give me the first two. I'm good. Um, okay, Warren. We decided on Warren. Why? Because he's he's a little creepier. We know more about him. He's, he, we spend yeah, more time we don't with him. See, we don't see Mrs. Fuhrer a lot in this movie. I uh, mean, we don't see Warren either, but more so I think we get to know him yeah. as the suspicious neighbor. Right. Mrs. Fuhrer. Is Eowyn from the Lord of the Rings? Yes. Double double weeks we've had some cameos from Lord of the Rings alumni. Yes. Uh, yeah, Warren, the sort of first suspect in Claire's world of of doing harm to women, played by James Remar, who is like all over TV. Like he has so many TV credits yeah. that, I, but I don't really. Uh, yeah. Really, I don't remember anything he's really in. I apologize, but um, whose turn is it? I think it's your oh, turn. Oh, I think it is my turn. So my initial thought was to pick from that sort of grouping of men who were slightly too young to play Norman. Because I was like, I kind of like the idea of him being this sort of like younger, sexy, mysterious, like, like there's something maybe charming about him, but Claire thinks she's like on to him. Because mm-hmm. um, it's odd how like his characterization in the movie is just, he's an academic. Right. Like his characterization is a beard and a tweet jacket. <laughs> and it would be nice for us to maybe get an idea of like, oh, you know, like maybe he maybe there's something going on under the surface. But also maybe we just don't have time for that. Right. We've got to save room for Jody. It's all about right. Jody. Um, So I, I ended up going the other way because I was like, maybe this is someone who we are a little disarmed by. Mm-hmm. And so it seems a little more crazy when Claire is like, he killed his wife. Like, it, so there's more that like she we see as the audience. We see what she's saying. So we see that it's entirely possible that he is a domestic abuser and that he's possibly killed her. And but also what a great scene is it when she's like. She's dead. She's dead. Then they like walk outside. She's like, you killed her. And his wife's like, hello. You think you got away with it? Well, I know you killed her. You murdering son of a bitch. I'm sorry. She's very upset. I didn't kill my wife. If someone did that, it'd be like, call the police. Yes. Take if I statements were statements from people. Like, if I were him, I would be like, excuse me. 
Um, I'll say this about Warren. Like, for a guy who didn't murder his wife, he really did everything in his power to look like he murdered his wife. It's like, straight true. up, the guy, like, woke up and was just like, let me just roll up these old golf clubs in this bloody tarp I got lying around and take this them to man. the dump during a thunderstorm at night. This Where's man. my wife? Like, <laughs> like he... He's really, also yeah. weird when she comes over and is like, hey, so it's like, is your wife around? And he's like, no. Is uh, your wife home? No, she isn't. When, uh, when will she be back? I have to go. Oh, I'm sorry. It was nice to meet you. Just be like, Just she's be like, no, she's but like, I'll tell her to give you a call. She'll come pay you a visit. Yeah. Be neighborly. I know. So anyway, I wanted to pick someone who was a little bit, was a little bit older and a little more disarming, I think, to us so mm-hmm. that we like we get that push and pull a little bit of like, oh, maybe he did do it, even though he seems like a kindly person. Mm-hmm. I picked Liam Cunningham. Liam Cunningham. Of, of Game, of, Game Thrones. of Thrones. Yeah. On night. Yeah. Oh. That would be a real bummer if we all thought that Liam Cunningham murdered murdered his wife. Well, real bummer. <laughs> Just like well, a yeah. real bummer. As a person, it would be truly terrible, be terrible if we thought that. Um, okay, I can see it. I, it's really hard because it's like this character serves one function to psych out the main character. Yes, which so, is also why it's. I think it's big to have a face we recognize because if we're playing the game of like. What is she seeing? What's going on? Who is this person? Right. Then, like, we see someone like him, and we're like, oh, well, like, he's definitely going to be important. And then when he's like, no, like, I'm fine. My wife is alive. What's happening? You're just like, <gasps> like, Barry Pepper. This could have been Barry Pepper. Like, this is stunt casting, like, plain and simple. You're right. Yeah. Like, you shine a flashy object or actor, and then the audience TV's is like, most oh. famous actor, James Remar, who we all know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're sorry, James. We're fr- <laughs> Be a friend of the pod. We're- Tell us which movies to check out of yours, James, and we'll 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 review. Yeah, it tell us what you've done, and maybe we'll check it uh, out. <laughs> okay, I dig that. I mean, I would love. I I want to see him. I I worry that a lot of the Game of Thrones cast I'm not going to see again. I miss my friends. You know what I mean? I do miss my friends. We should do a little princess. A little princess. Yeah. The movie. Yeah, he's the dad and the little princess. Oh, okay. Papa. Um, I agree with you that I I just I don't know why I picked this actor. He's a very famous actor, huh. but maybe, maybe, maybe what you're right is like, yeah, we need like a, a red herring. It was like, oh, if this person's in this movie, they must be a big, big part of it. I pick Zachary Quinto. <laughs> I mean, he's definitely got serial killer vibes. He's suspicious, right? <laughs> he's just like, and I think he's a really great actor. I just think that like he's suspicious. And I think he could play this the almost the exact way James kind of plays it is like mm-hmm. everything in his life is close to the vest. Why does why does Warren eat a hungry man dinner by himself? Yeah. That's none of your business. <laughs> why does he throw out the flowers and drink the wine on the porch? That's none of your business, Claire. I think he could do that and and kind of give off like a a creepy enough vibe that you feel that his wife is in danger and that Claire when she finally like thunders at him you killed my wife. Then he could like sort of flip and be like, my wife's right here. We enjoyed the... the what wife? <laughs> I don't have a wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, but maybe he's a little too big for this uh, part. I don't know. I, I, it should I be know. fun. It should be fun for the six minutes that he's on screen. But uh, 
that's it for Warren. I don't. I don't. Uh, that's enough for Warren. He's a sad little man who uh, does creepy things in his in his house. And they also fight also, on the I lawn. Feel bad for his wife because truly, in the end, when she comes to her and she's like, "Oh God, yeah," and she's like, "Sorry, like I know how that I must just have seemed." Him so much. I kind of want to be like you like molly you a danger girl like you gotta go like this is not regardless of what just happened this is not healthy have you ever felt so completely consumed by a feeling for someone that you couldn't breathe that that your time together was so passionate and consuming that you felt physical pain when they would leave it's hard because mrs fuhrer 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 (laughs) fuhrer um she doesn't have a jody in her life you know what i mean Oh, uh, everybody needs a Jody. Everybody needs your weird spiritual friend who, if you yeah, said, let's do crystals. a, let's do a Ouija board, they'd be like, yeah, obviously, obviously. this is the tool we need <laughs> to discover the truth. Uh, okay. Let's move on to where does Pe- 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 Pepperberry go? <laughs> Guys, remix. <laughs> Guys, where does Barry Pepper go? This is a very limited movie with limited characters. I thought yeah. of only one real character that he could maybe be that would be interesting. I made him uh, Dr. Drayton, the um, therapist. Wait. That's not isn't the it? name of the therapist. Isn't it? Because the, the therapist is played by Joe. Joe? 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 Am I crazy? Are you crazy? No, you're. Wait. Are I you am right? right? Am I right? I wrote the wrong Joe name Morton. down. Yes, Joe, Joe Morton. Morton. Then we did the same person. Okay. I just wrote the wrong name down. Because I agree. Okay. I think he should be the therapist. He should be Claire's therapist. Yes. Not the best therapist in the world. Again, he's just like, what's going on? She's like, ah, I'm seeing ghosts in my house. And he's like, what do they say? And she's just like, no, I said, I'm seeing ghosts in my house. He and Yes. In so many ways, I'm like, he's he's doing the right thing of like, allowing her to express the full yeah delusion or fantasy or whatever but like in the end i was like he did not really challenge her in any way shape no. or form no he was just like i don't know maybe use a ouija board <laughs> <laughs> and then she never comes back she's never like yeah i used the ouija board and shit flew off the wall and my mirror shattered and like things got weird like she never goes back she's just like oh this is a dead end but yeah she never goes anywhere to like be like, okay, I have suspicions that weird things are happening, like with my husband, and she never right. tells anybody. Let me ask you this: At what point are you just like, get me out of here? I'm going to stay at a hotel for like, like they're wealthy enough that she could be like, I need to go away, yeah, for like three weeks, yeah. get my head on straight. Like you're busy at work. How about I get out of your hair? I'll call you on the road. Like just yeah. At what like because within what- like two days, I'd be like, I gotta go. I mean, that's the big question about, like, haunting movies in general is, like, why don't you just, like, get out of your house? Right. Don't, like, fight for it. Just, like, find a place to stay for a bit. Right. Figure it out there. Figure it out. Unless the house isn't haunted. But you're haunted. Oh, oh boy. Okay. Uh, just a thought. Do you have any other notes on this? No, I didn't write any notes down for this anything. movie. Okay. I agree. Okay. So, to recap, this movie could be scarier. It's very well acted. Yes. And I think people will enjoy it, especially for a Halloween movie. I think it's 
Honestly, though, this is one of those like year round horror movies. Like it's not fun enough to be a Halloween horror movie, Mm -hmm. but I would definitely give it a rewatch every once in a while when I was like, you want something low key? You can just pour a a bottle of wine. It's the white wine of horror movies. You know what I mean? Um, So I sort of gave my opinion about this movie early on. But do you think this movie should be remade? No. What about a TV show? Maybe. I would watch a limited series of this. Yeah. If it gave us a little more, if it strung out the like haunting of it all a little yeah, more. I think that's what this, I think that's what this movie really, it needs a little more ghosty, ghosty ghost. What if Norman killed a bunch of women? Ghosty ghost. And all the. All the women haunt this small Vermont town. <laughs> that's a show I would watch. Like a woman is haunted by the many victims of uh, her husband. Okay. Uh, Talk about a movie for 2019. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us this week on The Boot. If you like this episode, please check out our past episodes and stick with us next week. We have another great horror movie for you coming up. Kenna, where can the people find us? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stop by and leave us a rating and a review. That's the best way to help us out. And you want to help us out. You can also find us now on Ko-fi, where you can go to make a very small donation to help us keep making this incredible podcast don't let us down that link is in our description and all over twitter speaking of twitter you can find us on twitter at the boot podcast and on instagram at boot podcast or you can find us separately because brian went off to school and left me home alone forever oh empty pod nest at all right guys we'll see you next time bye We hoping the ghost is going to have to use the potty?